Hey, man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Now on to this week's episode. This week on the Rock News Weekly Podcast, week of October 30th, 2023, season 5, episode number 42. This week we talk about the Beatles releasing their final song, Now and Then, in November. Iron Maiden announcing their 2024 world tour dates that include a stop at Aftershock Festival in California. Dream Theater welcoming original drummer Mike Portnoy back into the band and more. Plus this week in rock and roll history trivia, weekly WTF and so much more. All of our links are up at rocknewsweekly.com. Watch us live every Sunday, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly and on demand, youtube.com slash rocknewsweekly. That's right. It's time for the Rock News Weekly podcast. What's up, everybody? Chris here hanging out as well as David. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How was the uh, past couple weeks? I know we've uh, we haven't connected. It was, it was pretty good. I'm trying to think. It's been it's been a while. Yeah, you've been doing stuff. Uh, I know you've been busy with like family sports and different things like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know? I feel like, and then we we went to a concert. It, it, it's been. I haven't seen you since then, have I? Yeah. So uh, back in um, before aftershock, it was a yeah. week, a weekend yeah. before aftershock festival, and uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been, been a minute. A while. All right, well, let's get to it. We got lots to talk about. Uh, let's get caught up on the, the topics for the week. Beatles uh, releasing their final song called Now and Then in November. Uh, have you heard about that one yet? No, I, I want to be told. All right, well, we'll fill you in. Iron Maiden also announcing their 2024 world tour dates that include a stop at Aftershock Festival. New Green Day album out in January. Dream Theater welcoming original drummer Mike Portnoy back into the band. And more. So we're going to talk about all that good stuff. Everything's up at rocknewsweekly.com, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at Rock News Weekly. Uh, tour news was Blink-182 announcing their big North American tour uh, this coming summer. Uh, they will be in Fresno in our area July 8th and July 9th, San Francisco Chase Center. We are going to be giving away tickets at 105.7 The Bear uh, for that, so make sure you guys tune in over the coming months. Uh, how does that look? Uh, does that look like something you would check out Blink-182 or no? Uh, Is that one of the bands with the kids that maybe the younger, your kids, you know, becoming that age now? Maybe or no, they're not even into them at all. You know, I haven't haven't heard my kids talk about Blink-182. My daughter's a little bit more into the sort of like indie, offbeat stuff, you know? Not so much the pop punk. Not so much the pop punk, Yeah, I hear you. That's definitely... But I mean... Kudos to you, Blink-182, for coming to Fresno. <laughs> yeah, right? And, uh, you know, a, a little Fresno in all those big cities, so good for them. Uh, rock news uh, this week, kind of continuing with the tour news. We had some big tour announcements this past week. Iron Maiden announcing their fall 2024 tour, um, which is a combination of their latest album, uh, Senjutsu, as well as their 1986 classic album, Somewhere in Time. So they're getting tracks from both of those things. So kind of a good blend of the old and the new. Uh, it was a very um, popular tour uh, last year in 2023. So now they've added more dates for 2024, uh, and including the first ever appearance at Aftershock Festival, which is going to be 
pretty awesome. Aftershock is one in Sacramento that uh, is near and dear to our hearts. We've been going for 10 years, and first time a headliner of this status has been up there for us. I, f- I feel like Iron Maiden is one of the biggest headliners they've got. They have one of the coolest stage shows. They're consummate professionals. I feel like all the other headliners are going to be stepping it up. And a lot of people, all the headliners there, I feel like are going to be sticking around to watch their set because they're one of those bands that uh, that demands uh, attention. So what do you think uh, off of here in Iron Maiden playing Aftershock here in Sacramento out in the park? That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's way cool. Uh, tickets go on sale November 3rd, 10 a.m. So by the time you guys are hearing that, that's this coming Friday. Make sure you guys check it out. They also have uh, some uh, fan club stuff going on. Aftershock Festival is already on sale. So you guys can get tickets, I think, now for as low as $10 down, and then you make monthly payments. And it's almost a year until next, you know, so you you split that up over the course of 10 or 11 months or whatever it is. That's not bad. You can, uh, you know, make that pretty affordable. Here's the full list of dates. They are going to be playing a Southern California date. So if you guys can't make uh, Aftershock on October 12th, there is the October 8th date, Los Angeles, and October 4th in San Diego. They are doing L- or Las Vegas in between that. Uh, and then they do a bunch of dates, including a bunch in Toronto, Quebec. Uh, lots of dates on the East Coast. It looks like they wrap it up in Texas and the U.S., and then they go to Santiago, Chile uh, for a big, big show there to finish out what looks like 2024. So... Very cool. Iron Maiden tour dates looks to be a great tour. Also, another big tour uh, from a big rock band, Judas Priest, uh, announcing their 2024 tour dates. This one, not so much, though. So check this out. Um, the tour dates, oh, did I not put them on here? Um, dang it. There, It's not that much. There, it's only a handful of dates, um, and it's all in the U.K. It's, well, Hamburg, Germany, um, and then the Barclays Arena there in Hamburg, and they have very special guests, Saxon and Uriah Heap. Uh, they're going to be playing in France. They they kick it off in Frankfurt there, wrap it up in France. hyperlink to the tour dates? Uh, let's see if this one will give us the actual dates. I should have put this one on here. I think it is, actually, so let's see here. There we go. So we got March 24th, Frankfurt. Uh, Munich, 25th, Dortmund, Prague, Krakow, uh, Vienna, Basel Street, Lion Hall, Milan, and Paris in March and April of next year with Uriah Heep, Phil Campbell, and the Bastard Sons. Phil Campbell's from Def Leppard, so that's going to be like a cool little side project for him. And then Saxon, very cool. Classic metal tour there from the uh, <laughs> straight out of the 80s, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, really. Right? Uh, seems like a lot of these lineups now are uh, <clears throat> almost like throwback of classic classic lineups like that. But they do really well um, in other parts of the world, uh, you know, especially in the UK and stuff like that. They love they love stuff like that. So there is uh, the new album from Judas Priest, which is going to be lining up with that tour next year, slated for arrival on March eighth. It's going to be on Epic. They're going to be doing a bunch of vinyl. They have a very cool distressed bootleg 7-inch vinyl out there that the band has put together several bundles, so you guys can check it out on their website. Um, it's called Invincible Shield, coming out next March. Chris, what exactly is distressed vinyl? Distressed vinyl, um, it's like a, a distressed bootleg style 7-inch vinyl. So I, I imagine that the vinyl itself maybe isn't distressed, I'm hoping, because that wouldn't be It's not like Abercrombie jeans? Or? No, I think it's meant to look like this is a 7-inch that's been around since the 80s. 
so I imagine it's got faded style artwork, maybe a little bit of rough edges. You know, it's made it to look straight out of the 70s. And yeah, like those types of jeans that are made to look like they've been washed forever, faded, cut up out of the night, you know, so it's that type of... But it works just as well. I think it's just kind of a trendy little thing that they're trying out in the vinyl industry, trying to make things that look that are new look old. If you grab that 7-inch, you'd be like, oh, wow, is this an original Judas Priest 7-inch from... Oh, no, it's one of the new ones from 2023, but it looks like it's from the 80s. I see. That I type see. of idea. That's what I'm guessing. Uh, but, yeah, you guys can check it all out on their website. <clears throat> Speaking of vinyl, Green Day got their new album, uh, Saviors. It's going to be coming out January 19th. They put out a new music video just in time for Halloween. They're, they're dressed up as zombies. It's like a black-and-white video. Uh, it's kind of cool, so... He says, quote, uh, it's a look at, quote, the way the uh, traditional American dream doesn't work for a lot of people. In fact, it's hurting a lot of people, end quote. So that's uh, kind of the theme behind the album and the lead single, The American Dream is Killing Me. So there you go. What do you think of that? That artwork on the front there is interesting. Mm-hmm. Is that, has he got money in his hand? I don't know. It looks like he has a rock, but oh, I don't know. Okay. I can't tell. It's like 1960s. Yeah, it looks like maybe a riot or something like that going on. Um, So anyway, new Green Day album out. Um, All right, this was interesting. Mike Portnoy back in Dream Theater. There's a good picture of him, the original drummer from from Dream Theater. Mike Portnoy has returned to the group. It's been uh, since 2009, since he's uh, left left the group. He wanted to do solo stuff, do other side projects, do other stuff like that been almost 15 years well it will be 15 years next year uh their first album 2009's black clouds and silver linings was the was the last album he did this new one uh this new album is going to be the first one with him since then and he was one of the original members all the way back in 1985 when john pertucci and john my young the trio formed the band at the berkeley college of music they were all students wow. there at the berkeley college of music prestigious yeah so they, they're, if you ever, you should check out some of Dream Theater stuff if you haven't heard it. It's very progressive. It's pretty cool. Um, definitely um, um, thinking man stuff, you know, kind of like Rush and along those lines of, okay. you know. But uh, with more of an edge, of course. Uh, definitely more of a progressive metal edge. They actually won last year's Grammy for Best Metal Performance for a track called The Alien. So uh, they're still putting out pretty solid stuff and... Staying relevant, so now that Mike Portnoy's back in the band, I imagine they're going to have a pretty big tour and all that stuff to accompany this, uh, and fans are going to be stoked about that, so very cool. Uh, Speaking of new releases, vinyl, all that stuff, (laughs) didn't expect to see a new Beatles song going to be coming out, but this is the one, if you remember, David, we were talking about this a couple months back, um, the AI that was being used on this Beatles recording. They were talking about it. Paul McCartney was kind of speculating and giving us a little bit of details as to what's going to be going on in this new Beatles track. And this is that track, Now and Then. It's going to be a song uh, considered for the Beatles, well, it was originally considered for the Beatles anthology in 1995. It was put aside for time reasons, I guess. It's going to be released at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, November 10th, with a music video coming November 3rd, this Friday. <clears throat> it's going to be preceded by Now and Then, The Last Beatles Song, a 12-minute documentary written and directed by Oliver Murray at 3.30 p.m. on November 1st on the Beatles' YouTube channel. The film will feature commentary about the song from Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, late George Harrison, Sean Ono Lennon, and Peter Jackson. 
a trailer is now available on the channel. They do a little preview and it does look cool. Now and Then will be released as a commercial single paired with the Beatles' very first single, Love Me Do, as a double A side. So this is a picture of the um, of the vinyl here. Let me uh, switch back to the bigger picture for everybody watching. Um, I already pre-ordered a vinyl version of it. Um, it was a little pricey, I will say. Uh, $18 plus like $6.99 shipping for a single. So I, that's, the I think, the most I've ever paid for a single. But... I feel that it is some somewhat of a significant piece of Beatles history. Yeah, um, I think that's worth it. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of controversial, too, with the AI help on this. Um, now and Then was produced by McCartney and uh, Giles, or Giles? Is it Giles? Or my, I think it's Giles. Yeah, Giles. Giles Martin. Right, yeah. Son of late Beatles producer George Martin. Uh, McCartney and the late John Lennon share lead vocals on this track. Here's a picture from the studio sessions around that time. Let, uh, and what I what I laughed at was not only that George Harrison has like this little tiny like um, what looks to be like a rubber band with like a little ponytail kind of pushing his <laughs> hair back, which I thought was very funny. Ringo Starr, look at Ringo here. He looks like he's been playing bongos down on Main Street. Yeah. For uh, in his spare time or something. There. He's got like this woolen cap, this like like very cool hip like botic vest yeah. or something with it looks a, like a guidance counselor <laughs> he does he does um so yeah this is a picture from the studio <clears throat> and here's the deal uh i guess they rescued the demo version of this song uh via ai all four beatles sing background vocals while harrison plays guitar mccartney plays bass piano harpsichord and shaker and star plays drums tambourines and shaker McCartney, Martin, and Ben Foster also wrote the song String Arrangement. So what do you think of just that little brief history of what we know? In terms of the AI kind of a thing? It doesn't sound like the AI has a ton of help in there. Yeah. It sounds like they actually did a lot of stuff in post-production with the two surviving members uh, while they're alive. You know, Ringo and Paul, they, they added a lot of stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have to I hear think it. That's maybe one of the good things about AI. Yeah, is that, that part? Yeah, is that it's able to kind of rescue that and make it a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> so we'll now, see. I don't really see why that had to be AI, though. I don't see why humans didn't just do it. I guess it was the AI part was continuing the vocals, from what I understand, from oh, John Lennon. Oh, I see. In an AI form. Oh, okay. And then. Maybe Harrison's guitar. I don't know if that's continued or was the, uh, the, was that a full original recording? Uh, Did it had help with AI? <clears throat> I don't know. I see. I see. So I think that's what they used uh, to kind of fill in the gaps with those two. Uh, so anyway, it's going to be the final track on a remastered expanded edition of this 1962 to 1967. The blue album and the red album. I don't know if you remember these compilation albums. I have, I have the originals in my collection. The red and the the blue ones. Have you ever seen those? No, no. <clears throat> they're great compilation albums of the Beatles. They they're like definitive. They have practically every song that you could want to hear from the Beatles from all those eras. The early era and the later era, right? Well, it's being remastered and re re released on vinyl in a three LP version with a uh, clear and blue clear red and blue vinyl versions of it so i thought that was pretty cool so and that's going to be uh, released as a separate single for the now and then as well you guys can see it on the screen there 
I got this bottom version. Um, they have this blue one at Amazon. They have this black one, I think, if you order it from the label, as well as this, uh, there's the uh, splatter, marble splatter that you can only get from Apple uh, as well. That was the most expensive one. It was almost $28 with shipping, and I was like... Made out of actual <laughs> I can't... Oh, man. Anyway, so uh, that's coming out in November, so check it out. All right. One of the last little rock things this week. Heart going to be reuniting for New Year's Eve. First time they've reunited um, in a while. So Seattle on New Year's Eve with John- Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Evening. Uh, that's the son of John Bonham doing the Led Zeppelin stuff. And that looks like a pretty cool show. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> 50th anniversary, I guess. Uh, this year is Hart's 50th anniversary as a band, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Climate so- Pledge Arena. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. I uh, You would hope. You would hope that that's a good thing, right? As it's got like a big smokestack sitting yeah, out there. Yeah, shooting all fireworks. The fu- yeah, shooting all the fireworks. <laughs> Climate Pledge. Uh, all right, so check that out. Offspring uh, hinting at maybe releasing something new. According to a report by Rock Sound, offering, uh, Offspring may be releasing new music by the middle of next year. Brian Dexter Holland, Kevin Noodles Wasserman talked about it. They said, quote, The last song we did definitely sounds like an old school offspring song kind of like come out swinging definitely some old school stuff and then some rocking stuff and some poppy punk stuff too offspring's most recent album let the bad times roll released in 2021 do you remember hearing about how they sold off their catalog no i didn't know that they were one of those groups that were uh doing the um selling off of their uh catalog and i think they sold it for something like 20 million i want to say that they sold their whole catalog, uh, and now they're able to write new music as separate from that deal. So they're still able to re-release or release new music, and they sold the rights to their previous catalog for something like twenty million, and they just all cashed out with a big chunk each. What do you think of artists doing that? Kind of like, well, we've gotten so far with these tracks. Let's sell it off for publishing and advertising and people that want to use them and things. And then let's we could still make new music. I think it's kind of interesting. I think it's business. Like, yes, yeah. it's smart, but it sounds weird. Yeah. I mean, right. it just sounds weird, but I mean, what you know. <clears throat> it definitely might as sounds... Well, might as well have some money while you're alive. I mean, some yeah. of these artists don't end up making like a no, ton of money. So. They don't. And it's a rough business, and I feel like that's one of the only ways they can make money these days, right? That yeah. has a good value attached to it. So, um, yeah, well, new stuff on the way from them. Okay, this is, <laughs> I thought you'd love this. Kiss is giving away seats with them on their private jet. You got to enter this contest. Lovely. All you got to do, it's for a good cause. You donate $25 to this Children of the Rainforest, which sounds like a fake charity, but I looked it up. It's real. It's a nonprofit mission to protect pristine natural lands and indigenous cultures. So it's it's for a good cause, but it does sound fake, doesn't it? Children of the Rainforest. <laughs> of the rainforest. It just sounds like, I don't know, like a bad movie or something like that. Yeah, apparently, Children it, of the Corn. Yeah, but it's Children of the Rainforest, and they've somehow got to the Amazon. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. <laughs> but they... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess they wouldn't get sunburned. No, that's true. You know, uh, <laughs> they wouldn't have really the need for scarecrows or anything like that out there. <laughs> anyway, twenty-five bucks enters you into it. Uh, it's all for a good cause, and you get to fly with the band to their show in Indianapolis, and it, it's on uh, Thanksgiving weekend, which is like kind of a 
Like, hey, yeah, fly with Kiss. Don't forget about your family. Yeah. Come fly with yeah. us on a private jet, <laughs> you know. Uh, that, that is, there's a lot of <laughs> sort of strange things in this. I, I mean, it is a a seat on a private jet to save the rainforest. Right. Right. It's like as we're polluting save the yeah. environment by burning a crap ton of like and all they're <laughs> flying to is from Indianapolis to Chicago. It's like literally probably like a 20 minute flight. It's like not even like don't talk to like, you the whole yeah, time. Yeah, like not even anything. Like okay, we're up in the air. Okay, we're landing. <laughs> we're we're making our descent. <laughs> The band members, like, you know, once yeah. on the crapper the whole time. Yep. In the oh, man. This burrito. Anyway. All right. Time for some birthdays. Uh, let's get to it. All right, David. Take it away, man. Who do we got? Uh, Kelly Osborne is, uh, you know, daughter of Ozzy and Sharon Osborne is 39 years old. She's looking fabulous these days. Yeah, she looks, she looks different. Yep. Different she, well, she, she lost she's a lot older. of weight. Yeah. And I know she was, yeah. And, and then I know she's, I forget who she's married to, but I know she's happily married and he's a, a musician guy uh, in a metal band. I forget, damn it, what his name was, but... I guess but she's like always happy. had that blue hair, hasn't she? Yeah, she. It's like a like purple. It's like a purple well, yeah, hair. I'm colorblind, but yeah. she's kept that. Like, yeah, I feel like that's that's the thing. It, I, yeah, she, like yeah. I don't know who she is. If I were to see her <laughs> otherwise, I wouldn't know who she was. But I'm like, if oh, you blue saw hair, that hair color. purple hair. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's. I, I remember someone with that. <clears throat> All right, who else we got? KK Downing, lead guitarist of Judas Priest, 72 years old, going strong. Um, Gary W. Talent, bassist in, uh, Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band, is 74 years old. Denny Lane, former singer and guitarist and founding member of the Moody Blues. Um, and Paul McCartney in the Wings is 70, 79 years old, though that is disputed. But he looks like, uh, what's that guy's name, Robert Duvall? He does look like Robert Duvall, doesn't right? he? Yeah. It could be yeah. Robert Duvall's uh, bastard maybe child. That, no, maybe that's why it's disputed. Because <laughs> oh, they're not actually go. sure if it's Denny Lane his or line- Robert yeah, His lineage is disputed, not right? his age. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, they're not sure. No, his identity is. You're right. Yeah, his, right? Whole, his, whole his whole existence. His whole existence. <laughs> the very existence of him. Danny Trujillo, bassist of Metallica. Robert. Is a f- oh, sorry. Robert Trujillo, sorry, <laughs> is a fierce 59 years old. Yeah, he's looking at him getting down there. Right? I think, he could, I think he could be ripping a fart there, though. Right. And they just caught him in a minute. <laughs> uh, Ed Robertson of the Bare Naked Ladies, 53 years old. Everybody's favorite lead singer guy. Right? I mean, but that haircut. Chicken of the Chinese chicken. Chicken have a something. Yeah, that hair That haircut is questionable. It's uh, it it reminds me of a is it like really a, happy a haircut? Little boy from a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like a Munchkin. Or like that's a Munchkin from Munchkinland. No, do you remember the they have uh, little quilled hair? Did you ever have to read the <laughs> C C Dick Run or whatever books? They were like I, think, these, I had to read them when I was a little little kid. And they're like from the 40s or 50s or okay. something. Okay. All the little boys have that haircut. <laughs> right. <laughs> they really did. From the 1950s. Just like, yeah, yeah, from the 1950s. And 40s. Good job, Ed Robertson. Yep. Chad Smith, drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, can you, years can old. you tell which one he is? Uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. No. 
Uh, so how what's what's uh, what's his relationship to Will Ferrell? Are they buddies? They are not related, but they did this thing in 2014 uh, where they did a drum off for charity. Is Will Ferrell is he like? He's not a drummer. I know he, he's a DJ. Yeah, but he's not a drummer, and he did it for fun. They just did because so they thought that they looked. Fool. Yeah, they just thought they looked alike, which they do. Yeah, they kind of do, huh? Kind of like if a he had a hat on, they could take yeah. pass. Uh, 62, huh? UCLA. Uh, John Anderson, singer of Yes, 79. Dang, he's 70. He's still looking pretty good, I got to say. Yeah, yeah, I put John Anderson now, and that was uh, uh, three of the recent photos looked like that. Interesting how some people's hair just doesn't go gray. It's dye, man. You think so? Look at his beard. I know, but I mean, mean, the the beard just... I mean, nah, I'm he's dying that. The the no way. Hair. He's dying that shit. <laughs> There's but, but no way. But why do that? To, because you're a lead singer of a band. I'm a lead singer of a band. You have, like, image is- issues, you know? Me. You got to look cool. Robbie McIntosh, guitarist of the Pretenders and See? Uh, Paul McCartney. See, this, you know, old, he ain't, Robbie ain't dying his hair. No, no. <laughs> he's just the guitarist, so he doesn't need to look cool. All right, uh, we got some trivia. Let's do it. Trivia time. All right, we got some trivia for you guys this week. Going all the way back to 1962, all right? This band, they enter Curly Clayton Studios in, isn't it? In London for their first recording session. Who was it then? Was it the Moody Blues? The Moody Blues. The Beatles. The Beatles. The Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. Or was it Vicious Vespa Vicious Crosby in the Beetle Boot Cocaine Mod Squad? It were a rowdy bunch then, back then. I do think I recall <laughs> the Beetle Boot Cocaine yeah, Mod Squad. Yeah, they were, they were nuts. They, they were used fine, to, they were They'd stick band. the cocaine in the boot and they go right around their Vespas and they kick you in the face. Give you say, a yeah. Give you a puff in the face. Vicious Vespa Crosby, look out. The, uh, <laughs> well, let's see. They enter Curly Clayton Studios in London. Oh, man. How about the Moody Blues? Going with the Moody Blues? Yeah, I'm okay. going to go with the Moody Blues. All right, let's see. I always oh. get these wrong. All right, let's see if he's right. Moody Blues. Ne- Rolling Stones in, isn't it? Gosh. 1962 Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger, Keith Richard, Brian Jones, Ian Stewart, Tony. This is their one of their first original photos. Look at Keith Richards back then. He had one eye closed practically. I don't know if he just got hit or if he's just already messed up. But that guy, it's man. It's weird to see him with no wrinkles. But I guess his chin is, <laughs> his chin is already wrinkled. Though. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. he's all, He always did. You know that thing where you do that yeah. you make your chin wrinkly? He's already doing that. Um, so they did a bunch of covers. Bo Diddley, Jimmy Reed, Muddy Waters. But, uh, the, yeah, they recorded for the first time ever as the Rolling Stones this week in 1962. So lovely. All right, we got some new rock and metal albums. I forgot to update the time. I'm going to give you, excuse me, uh, 45 seconds going forward. So I'm going to give you a 15-second head start. Dude. And then I'm going to hit the 30 seconds. All right? Really? Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to give you a 15-second head start. Tell me when to go. But uh, I gotta, I'm, I'm going to modify it for next Is week. Is this like a ready. really long one? This. Oh no! <laughs> that you're. I can only. You're giving me extra time. Like this is bad. You're gonna love this. Actually, How? I can. I can get really uh, released. Uh, some of these re-releases. Drawn and quartered as two albums. <laughs> They're re-releases. I shouldn't. Oh my gosh! And I shouldn't put my these. My gosh! I shouldn't put these re-releases Holy on. Holy what? Here. I know. Wow. <laughs> 
Dude, rock and roll. It's very productive. I know, man. These, Orgasm. These new albums for rock and metal are hitting a, a, a high for the year in terms of... Okay, but, but Wargasm has an album out. That's, that's good. That's going to be the least you're concerned here. Son of a All right, God. you ready? Go All for right. it. I'll give you a 15-second invoking the abysmal night, autopsy, ashes, organs, blood, and crypts, border, sacrifice, <laughs> <laughs> Cemetery urn, suffer the fallen, Corleone alive, <laughs> crime in the stereo, house in the trance, crosses, good night, God bless you, I love you, delete. Dave Neobor, star feels, Dawkin, heaven comes down, Doro, conqueress, um, forever strong and proud, ecocide, uh, metamorphosis, Ephrot, Ensica, <laughs> 1,000 vultures waiting to be fed, Elm Street, the Great Tribulation, and the Frailty and keeper the global global warm worming, eternal <laughs> evil, the gates beyond mortality, the gaslight anthem, history books, graven dagger, graven dagger, gravesend, Gowanus, death stomp, hollow front, the fear of letting go, howling giant, blast future, ignited, cradle of the wicked, cradle of the wicked, immortal guardian, unite and conquer in this moment, god mode, king falcon, king falcon, lake malice. Post Genesis, Magnolia Park, Halloween Mixtape 2, Mark Tremonti, Christmas <laughs> Classics, Martyrdom, A Torment Prevails, no, As Torment Prevails, Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil, <laughs> Mouth for War, Bleed Yourself, Nebula, Live Wired in Europe, Nirvana in Utero, 30th Anniversary, Noidva, Lapish Shatanism, <laughs> Obscura, A Celebration of... I or is that one live in North America <laughs> of virtue omen omission disciples of ravens vengeance one of nine eternal sorcery pattern seeking animals spooking spooky action at a distance pause pause poppy <laughs> zig ragana desolation flower robin trower joyful sky serenity nemesis ad Sorcerer, Reign of the Reaper, Taking Back Sunday, 152, Throat, We Must Leave You, Tortuga, Iterations, Venom, Live from the Hammersmith, Odeon Theater, Varsity, Levitate, Wargasm, Woo! Venom, War Wayfarer, <laughs> American Gothic, W.E.B., dude, that should be W.E.B. Du Bois, um, Into Hellfire, We Burn, E.P., Witching, Incendium, Year of the Knife, no love lost. Wow. Wow. That that's really long. Isn't that crazy? How come they're not that long every week? Is there like some special this week? It, they, a lot of That's um, a veritable art of orgasm. A lot of bands wait until this time they push it off as as far as they can. And this is one of the last times where you could still be considered for a Grammy for the year. I and, see. And be in consideration for when that stuff hits in January. And it's in time for Halloween. And it's in time for Halloween. A lot of these heavy, super heavy metal bands love releasing shit at this time of year. So it's just it goes along with it. And it's one of the last release weeks of the year total. There's only going to be a couple more in November. And then that's it. I see. Uh, usually, I think I think it's the first week of December where it totally cuts off. Hey, so all these ones that I'm reading that have like uh, little parentheses and then that's they have the um, what is these that? are these are the is record that the labels. Record label. These okay. are all the record labels. Yeah. Twenty bucks spin. <clears throat> yep. Magnetic. Usually, time. I take that part off. I see. I, I see. delete that, but I didn't do that because it was so much this week. 
All right. Anyway, movie TV entertainment news. I didn't have a lot, but I wanted to mention the new Millie Vanilli documentary on Paramount Plus. If you guys, oh, I forgot to switch the camera. Here. My bad. Um, if you guys haven't seen the new Millie v- Vanilli documentary that's on Paramount Plus, I really recommend it. Uh, especially people that, um, if you like seeing kind of how things work in the background and how the industry works. It's really a fascinating thing, and those guys were kind of like pawns in the game of the record label, so to speak, without giving away a lot of what was going on there. But um, it was really interesting. You haven't seen it? I, I'm no, taking it. No, no, no. I, I, I think I saw an ad for it. Though. Yeah, it's good. It's it's not your run-of-the-mill documentary. It's, it's pretty well done. I, I thought it was pretty good. So uh, for music fans, you're like, oh, Millie Vanilli, you know, who, you know, who cares? It's a re- it's a fascinating story. It's much more than just the band. It's really neat. So definitely check it out. Want to throw that out there. Uh, news from around the world: Could bananas go extinct? Here's a picture of this new fungus: <clears throat> Cavendish bananas, which make about half up uh, make up uh, excuse me about half of the world's banana market, could go extinct. A new strain of fungal disease has already infected Asia, Africa, the Middle East, Australia, Central America. They used to be immune, but now they're not immune to this TR4 strain. So they're going to have to work on genetically modifying these bananas to create a resistant replacement for this Can Cavendish. Can I just say about that photograph? Ew. Imagine biting into that. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, my God. It just looks bad. It looks absolutely horrible. It's black inside for people that aren't able to hear it that are listening to us on the podcast. Um, it's pretty It's pretty bad. It looks really, really funky. What I don't like about this, though, is how they have to genetically modify these bananas going forward. And, you know, what are the side effects? What are, you know, whatever, but making them this strain resistant. When's the point where we're going to get to where it's going to affect the taste and the quality of these bananas and could be like a weird thing for us, you know? Like genetically modifying stuff to the point yeah. of, uh, of that. You know what I mean? Blinky bananas. I don't know. Cavendish. All right. Cavendish. All right. Uh, Ford slowing down EV transition. This was a big deal. They're slowing down their timetable for the 12 billion electronic vehicle production plant. In the face of customer resistance, the company said many American customers have proved unwilling to pay a premium for an electric vehicle over the price for gas or hybrid vehicles. They'll postpone a second battery plant that they were going to do in Kentucky, but going forward with the one in Tennessee. So what do you think of that? I mean, do you think people... <clears throat> Uh, it's just they don't want to, like, they can't afford the EV. It's like $80,000 or more type of deal, $60,000 plus. Um, do you think it's going to have to get down to a point where it's, it reaches the price of a regular, you know, $30,000, $40,000 vehicle? Um, or do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like one of those things where cars now are expensive. Like yep. a lot of cars are really expensive. But s- still, on the issue of EVs, I mean, this is not the solution to climate change. Like, yeah, it's, right. You know, it's like this is just the short term. Okay, if we're gonna do something, we're gonna shunt it off to consumers to have to pay the bill. Yeah, right. right. So I think people are, in some ways, they're annoyed by this because like they've bought cars and yeah. now they're like, you know, the I, I, I am I'm definitely I mean I'm a I'm I'm a rabid environmentalist and all that stuff, but. The solution to, to our transportation problems is better public transportation. Yeah. More and more convenient public transportation that's lower cost and, you know, better in general. Yep. Um, but that's, you know, so, I mean, in some ways I'm like, I don't know. I, on this, I'm like, Ford, just eat it up. Just do it. 
-hmm. because if that's the solution that we're taking, we're taking it because you are the one who wants us to do it that way. Right. Otherwise, you'll get left behind. Yeah. Right. So you know what? Take it. Yeah. Right. Do your production and do it better and make it cheaper. Yeah. Because otherwise, people are just going to do something else. Yeah. As right they on. should have done a long time ago. Yeah. So. That's a great point, man. So hopefully they'll uh, listen to our podcast and change. Yeah, the, definitely. The CEO of Ford is listening. Right? He's, he's a, listening. He's a big fan. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, higher mortgage rates, thwarting home buyers. So check out this little breakdown here. I thought this was an interesting breakdown. So here's the interest rate. Um, <clears throat> you know, in 1985, for example, it was 11. The average this is the average. If you wanted to keep your mortgage payment under $1,000 a month. This is what you had to do, right? You had to have an interest rate of that 11%. 11 .6, which was pretty common in the Right, years. in the 80s. A mortgage payment of 1000 bucks. Uh, now you got to have an interest rate of 4.16% or less to have an interest rate or a mortgage payment of $1,000. And we're talking hey, about a $200,000 home here. Yeah. This is, uh, you know. The, which, the, where do you find that? <laughs> where do you find that and where do you find that interest rate uh right like because yeah. now they're all about right here i think they're close to yeah, eight percent almost eight yeah and uh for a thousand dollar a month mortgage payment you'd have to have a house of a hundred and forty four thousand dollar price tag which is pr practically impossible to find yeah that i mean that's like a mobile home so basically what this is saying for doubling that so if your mortgage payment was say two thousand dollars um, you could have a $400,000 home basically for that. But that's actually inaccurate because it's more like this yeah. is what we're working with now. Yeah. So this would be $1,000, 144 So that would be like uh, two, uh, 300000 for 2000 2, mortgage payment, $300,000 home basically. So why are the millennials complaining? Yeah, get put, pull it up by your bootstraps. Pull, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know? You know, I just think about it. It would have been so nice to be able to like pay for a house working at a coffee shop or something like that. Oh man, <laughs> back in the day. Yep, that would have been great. Now we got to have like a job that pays twenty dollars or more to even stay afloat, and it's kind of crazy. And you got to kind of work uh, all the time. Yeah, full time. You never get a break. Isn't that great. Time. All right. Well, let's end it with a funny story here. Dwayne The Rock Johnson commenting on his controversial wax figure. Have you seen this yet? That, yeah, that, uh, yeah. So you're seeing it for the first time here. Uh, the, the picture on the left is the wax figure of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And people are commenting on how remarkably white he looks. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Dwayne is obviously a dark Samoan, you know, man. This yeah, is the, Samo he's always half Samoan, half black. Right. Uh, he, he this debuted at the Greven Museum in Paris recently. Okay, so we'll come back up to that picture, but I'll give you the story here. <laughs> Comedian James Jefferson uh, is the one who brought this to the Rock's attention by going viral on his criticism of it. He said all kinds of stuff. He said, "This is a wax figure of the Rock. You know, black ass Samoa and the Rock. They turned the Rock into a pebble. They done turned <laughs> the Rock into a vinyl rock or something like that. It looks like the Rock ain't never seen the." the sun a day in his life <laughs> then the black adam uh, you know, actor uh, the rock himself commented on the post and he said 
He belly laughed when Jefferson joked. Is that how y'all felt when you lost the Little Mermaid, referring to the backlash <laughs> Halle Berry received oh my God. for starring in the live-action remake? Johnson added in the caption, For the record, I'm going to have to have my team reach out to our friends at the Grevin Museum in Paris, France, so we can work at updating my wax figure here with some important details and improvements, starting with my skin color. So that's uh, The Rock responding to it. So they got to feel kind of... I don't know, kind of bad about that, right? Yeah, really, that's... Uh, How do you mess it up yeah, that that's much? That's pretty offensive. Yeah, and his, like, his facial... Yeah, he just... His looks... his skull and facial demeanor and expression does not look accurate or right. Well, another thing, too, is... <laughs> I, I have to say, The Rock, most of the time that I see him, he's smiling. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they do not have them. Well, you know why? Because they couldn't do the teeth they can't right. Do the teeth right. It would look. It would look so freaky and weird. <laughs> yeah, that. It, yeah, it's it's sort of weird to look at him because I mean I can't think of a time where his teeth aren't showing. Yeah, that's Whether a great he's point. Whether or not, his teeth are usually showing. That's a great point. So, well, creepy <laughs> rock wax figure is going to get updated. They're just going to airbrush it with a darker color. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll update you guys. All right, this is the last story of the week. Should fast food workers receive tips? They oh, this, did, is a good, this is a good question. They did a survey. Nearly half of Americans don't think fast food workers deserve a tips. Uh, deserve a tip, excuse me. A bento box survey of 2,500 diners found. 75% would tip at a bar, and 88% think tipping for fine dining meals is totally appropriate. However, those surveyed seem to enjoy tipping because they feel it gives them a control over the service received. 80% reward good service with tipping. 69% think the practice leads to better service. And 53% think a small tip is a good punishment for subpar treatment. They also found that diners are not a fan of automatic tips and baby boomers tip the least. So what, know, do you, what do you think about this? Well, I, I, have, a, I have a take on, on Okay, this. good. My feeling is not only should fast food workers not be tipped, but no food workers should be tipped. Okay. And the reason for that is that, first off, this is a bunch of bull crap. Their employers should be paying them enough so they don't have to depend on tips. It's another thing of what you were saying of pushing it off to the you consumer. Push it off to some other person so that they don't have to pay for it, and then it becomes... An issue that they negotiate with the customer. And now you Again. feel bad. Yeah. And so now, now you, you feel as bad as the consumer. Bad. The point, that, and this is funny because tipping in the United States used to be anathema. Right. It was seen as something that was not dignified for our society because we're supposed to be equals. Yeah, we're and supposed tipping, to be already being paid uh, yes, a livable good right? wage. And and so the idea of tipping someone came from Europe and it had to do with um, you showing that you uh, you know, you approved and that you would deign to give them a little bit of extra money and that they could maybe um, you know, have to sort of like run around, do a bunch of extra stuff above and, and beyond. Above and beyond when it in fact them as a worker, they are they're, they're they're dignified. They should be entitled to receiving a good pay for their work. And I mean, I'll just say this as someone who young, young married, I was working at a job. My wife was a, a waitress and she got ripped off every night. Yep. She would come home and she would put the money out on the bed and, and we'd count it up. And it was like, you know, she worked, she got paid like 
280 or something like that her salary like was right. 280 an hour and then it was she was supposed to like make it it was i don't remember exactly it was way too little. but it's crazy right yeah. and then yep. they're like well you'll you'll make it up in tips yeah and, and that's the mentality in idaho where the farmers don't tip right? yeah and, and nobody's tipping yeah crazy right yeah so we gotta i don't know i i agree i think we need to just do the wages across the board but that's not going to be easy yeah at well, all and also being the jerk who doesn't do the tip Right. For, I went for to this that, rest- right. I went to this restaurant the other week. It's a great restaurant. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's over, it's over by the old Catholic, uh, the nunnery by the Dominican Center for the for uh, tr- uh, unity or sorry, dignity. Health. Oh, um, in the little diner there yeah, with the sandwiches. Portuguese yeah, diner. yes, yes, we've been they there. Have these Portuguese sandwiches many times. Yeah, so good, right? right? Yeah, and I didn't. It was like twenty dollars for the sandwich or whatever, and I was yeah. like. My wife's gonna kill me, so I didn't tip. I was like, that was my moment to be like, all right, now here's where I yeah. put my money where my mouth is, right? <laughs> and I was with a friend, and he's like, that took a lot of balls not tipping on a twenty dollar sandwich. I was like, you know what? That's a twenty dollar sandwich. Yeah. They're gonna take me twenty dollars from me for this one sandwich. No. They better pay their workers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I agree. That's the thing, man. It's getting to that point where it's a twenty dollar sandwich is the norm now. Yeah, and you're expected to tip on top of that. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy, so. man. Yep, well, there you go. That's what we think. Uh, all right, that's it for us this week, guys. Make sure you check everything out, of course, rocknewsweekly.com, all socials, everything at Rock News Weekly. We'll see you guys next week. All right, have a good one. Peace. See you later.